0: weird two weeks
1: who missed weeks in a row is wild
2: yeah and not at all planned so for our regular listeners really sorry about that for anyone who's watching the eventual recordings of this or listening to them um it is going to be a seamless transition for you as you've been able to elapse time travel even two weeks into our you know our future uh for this episode how are you
1: Oh, you know, I'm here, I'm here. Just doing the thing. (laughs) How about you?
2: (sighs) Breathing, luckily. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, just as always, uh, I'm your host, Owen, uh, here joined by uh, my esteemed co-host and a person who is uh, fully updated with their 5G connection.
1: Yeah, woo, 5G. I'm partially magnetic now.
2: Heck yeah. Um, Thank you for that, Marvin. And uh, welcome to Talking is a Free Action, the uh, periodical D&D podcast that in principle should be weekly, but uh, at least uh, recently has not been. Um, We will be getting better with that, and uh, we have a pretty fun topic, short episode today. Um, Other obligations are unfortunately eating into our recording time, but it had been two weeks and I think we both felt like it had been more than enough time for us to, to get back into the booth, as it were
1: yeah it'll be a good transition to have this short episode before our next full episode with a whole guest
2: yeah i definitely need the the warm-up and uh you know our next episode is going to be really fun we have a really fun guest lined up for that um which Mm -hmm. will confirm at a later later date if you follow us on twitter um which i guess if you're not doing that you should go and do that like pause the episode right now go to twitter.com if you have a twitter account and follow us we're at at uh T I A F A podcast. Um pretty easy to find.
1: And if you're in our Twitch chat right now you can get uh exclamation mark links. That'll yeah. take you to our Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all
2: that stuff. Etc. Right on. Um,
1: oh hey guys, so, welcome.
2: Yeah, welcome in, welcome in. Super happy to have everybody. Always good to see some uh old faces, familiar and otherwise. Um so yeah, um, so tonight we're talking uh, puzzles and traps, uh, you know, all things puzzles and traps, as much as we can anyways, and uh, they're kind of like a key feature of, you know, D&D at least, maybe not necessarily every role-playing system, but Dungeons & Dragons, certainly they're like a key feature.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, not really the same game if you don't have somebody going, I check for traps. <laughs>
2: That's true. Although not necessarily required, I think. Um certainly you can run campaigns without any traps whatsoever.
1: I I'm currently doing that right now. Great. <laughs> I mean, so well, hmm. I wouldn't say there's no traps, but they can't find
2: them. Well, that that's definitely a challenge.
1: You don't have
2: um, traps. <laughs> <laughs> So um so yeah, today we're going to talk about puzzles and traps, um how to use them, how to implement them, uh, maybe some trap suggestions uh, or puzzle suggestions, and what to do if you're not very good at them or if your party's not very good at them <laughs> probably yeah. a good place to to think about um so Marvin, tell me do you i mean obviously your current campaign not as much, but do you utilize a lot of traps and and puzzles and such in your games
1: um generally i I try to use you no know, I try to use them where I think they would fit um. <clears throat> Puzzles more so than traps, because um, I don't generally run a lot of dungeon booby-trapped places. But that being said, the first session of my current campaign had a really cool trap um, that I think I came up with on my own, because
0: I don't think I, I don't think I got for it.
2: Hmm. Don't leave us in suspense.
1: Oh, I mean like the, the four seconds of suspense is how you bring the people in. Come on, man.
2: <laughs> alright, alright, I'm on board. <laughs> Gotta know.
1: Um, so this trap wasn't anything about dealing damage or anything like that. It was just a straight hallway.
0: And no matter how much you walk down the hallway, the hallway extends forever. Mm-hmm. and it was just illusion magic. You walk down you the don't... hallway,
1: you think you're walking down a hallway, and you're just not. You hit your players with
2: a whole ass genjutsu?
1: Yeah. Damn, I was inspired by something. It was Naruto.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not explicitly. Usually their, their illusion, yeah, illusion stuff it ends with somebody getting stabbed for weeks on end.
1: That's true. That's very true. Uh, but yeah, um, I felt really good about that trap, and my players actually never figured it out.
2: Well, uh, when you say figured it out, do you mean, like, solved it at all, or just didn't use the solution you in- intended?
1: They didn't have a solution. They just went to a different part of the castle, and never found out what was at the end of that hallway.
2: I guess as far as they're concerned, nothing. Nothing was at the end of the hallway. There was no end to the hallway.
1: I mean, yes, but no, but yes. Um. So the, the solution that I intended was just you have to walk backwards or with your eyes closed or whatever. Um, the lamps in the hallway gave off this illusion spell that made you think you were walking when really you were just walking in. Mm-hmm. And um, it made it look like everybody was making progress. So like they would look at their feet and they would literally see the carpet moving even though they were just walking in. Gotcha. And to, to avoid it, you just have to not look at them. Or have somebody throw you.
2: I guess that would also work. Did you have any like, hints or
1: anything? Um, I gave a hint. There was no, like, in-universe hints, but um, how detecting magic in Pathfinder works is when you cast Detect Magic, it tells you if there is a magic source around you that you weren't aware of. So, like, you can actively exclude the things you know. Mm -hmm. And it's a cantrip to make up for it. Instead of, you know, turn on your magic eyes, it's just, like, a spider sense of magic. I gotcha. And then there's another cantrip that lets you look at a specific thing and it will tell you if that thing is magic. Okay, that's not bad. So one of the players had these spells. He did detect magic and found that there was magic around them somewhere. And he said, I look at the
0: hallway. I need you to be more specific. It tells you a thing. The whole hallway consists of many things.
1: He goes, walls, floor, ceiling, carpet. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and I was like, is there anything else you want to look at? And uh, they turned around and I was like, you know, there's lamps on the walls and they just never.
2: Yeah, I mean I guess that's always the the play of the dungeon master, right? When you make a trap, um, or a puzzle, it's like at some point, like the players may not get it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I think sometimes it's a it's like when I do puzzle design or, or trap design, traps maybe less so, but like more so with puzzles. I try to design them with open-ended solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because like just because it makes sense to me doesn't mean that it's gonna make sense to them. And if my players are role-playing adequately it may even make sense to them but it might not make sense to their character which mm-hmm. is kind of like an additional level of like of like obscuring uh, information as it were so like i the reason that that i thought about uh, talking about this today is i saw a um a post on the Facebook group that I'm in and they're like hey here's this trap design that I have you know and they like broadly outline that there's like a you know a bunch of chalices with a bunch of like you know gems that they have to distribute in a particular sequence
1: mm-hmm. and it's
2: the Fibonacci sequence that they that the DM is trying to get the players to do and there's like kind of a vague you know riddle uh to that's like written in Gnomish or something and it's like, okay, like I get what you're doing. You're trying to like get the players to, you know, think about number sequences to get them to get the right thing. But the Fibonacci sequence is very like kind of, you know, it's esoteric knowledge that like your players may be familiar with. And if you have a player group that's like really into, you know, numbers and, and uh and math and stuff, they might be familiar with it. But their characters probably aren't. Mhm. And so I think that when you're doing good like puzzle design and good trap design, it should be something that doesn't rely on too much if any out of character understanding or knowledge or context. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that if you're doing that, you're not really putting a puzzle in the game, you're stopping the game to run a puzzle. Yeah. Um you know, it it would be like tantamount to like putting together a riddle that, you know, the answer is Pamela Anderson, right? Or, you know, <laughs> or Luke Skywalker right like there's no way that your characters could have this information Um, it's just the players who would have to be able to come up with the answer Um, which I guess is like an additional you know challenge to running riddles right
1: Mm -hmm. I try to avoid riddles I I just have to because I'm not I'm not good at them and like personally or (laughs) personally Like, me as a person, I'm not generally good at riddles. Um, But also, like,
0: I don't find a lot of riddles interesting. At least the ones that are I've seen that are relatively good in deep things. Mm. But
2: that's just yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll admit that I'm not super good at them either, um, although obviously with the the last major dungeon I did, I did incorporate a number of riddles um, into, into one of the rooms, as well as kind of, like, creating a, like, poem-esque uh, hint for the dungeon itself. And I will say that, like, in an effort to try and find riddles that were adequate, I eventually came to the decision that the only way for me to come up with good riddles was just to write them myself,
0: mm-hmm. which
2: obviously takes a lot more effort. Because writing good riddles isn't, as you can imagine, it's not easy to do either. Um, But the problem is that, like, if you Google riddles, just most of them are just not very good. Or again, they rely on context that the human might have, but the player can't. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was another thing that I kept running into. Like, I think at one point I wanted to try and find a, a a riddle where the answer was gold. And, like, you'd be surprised how, like, few riddles exist that don't rely on the context of what gold is in this actual world, um, you know, being used for, like, gold bars or um, or jewelry or, like, carrots, things like, you know, things that, like, don't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. in a universe where those things can't exist or don't exist.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds about right, at least to me. Um, yeah just not a huge fan of riddles like when when other DMs implement them well I love it fantastic
0: I hope I'm on that list
2: (laughs) you are yeah I get a win
1: you are because I liked your riddle and I solved two of them
2: you did solve two you actually solved all of them you just didn't get a chance to answer the third one
1: I solved the third one (laughs) late
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, in your defense, somebody else, uh, somebody else pitched the, um, somebody else threw out an a obviously bad answer first, and you couldn't help that.
1: It happens. And just because it was obvious to you and me doesn't mean it was obvious to him.
2: Yeah. Um... And actually, I, I do want to bring that up. So the third riddle was actually one that you answered technically incorrectly, but it was good enough in character that I let it fly.
1: Yeah, you told me about that. Um, I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> so so I'll I'll go ahead and just share that riddle, because I happen to have it up here. Um, I say happen, like I don't have it on my computer. but um, So the riddle at the time was, I guess for settings, the players were in a room where um, there were some spirits, and they realized that if they answered the spirits correctly answer the riddle correctly they could then ask the spirit any question the spirit would answer um so this was really valuable not for the monetary reward but it would provide the player characters with vital information they needed to potentially survive the rest of the dungeon um so the the ghost in question here the um the riddle was i soar without wings i see without eyes i've traveled the shards and conquered the world yet i've never been anywhere but home what am i um, shards in this context. Uh, this is uh, the shards of Alara, uh, so this is a, a Magic: The Gathering setting. Um, but you could replace the word shards with world if you're going to repurpose this for your own, um, you know, for countries, lands, etc. Um, so the intended answer was imagination, um, but Marvin's man- uh, answer was mana, or you know, the stuff to fuel magic, basically. And I was like, you know what, that fits close enough, and it makes sense in character for for his character to come up with that answer. So I said, sure, good enough. Um, rather than going, eh, eh, eh nope, no good. Um, and I think when you run puzzles and, and riddles and such, sometimes if your player comes up with a clever answer, even if it's not the one you thought of, it's better to reward the player for at least thinking out of the box rather than, like, swatting down every single thing they do. Because then you just end up in a situation where players might shut down if they don't know where, where to go next.
1: I agree,
0: 100%. Just Shutting down players'
1: creativity is, is just the worst.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, time and a place, right? Like, mm-hmm. in moderation. Obviously, if their idea of creativity is to try and decapitate the ghost, alright, you're not really trying to be clever, right? <laughs> you're just I trying mean, to solve your problems with violence.
1: That's not creative so much as, you know, unintelligent, generally, and excessively violent.
2: Yeah. Um, so, so that said, I think that like if you're going to incorporate riddles, I find that it's easiest to kind of do them for you know design them for yourself. And like the basics of any good riddle is start with the answer and then come up with some um, either personification to that uh, to that answer, whatever it may be. Objects work best for this, but sometimes you can get away with doing it for like more nebulous ideas. Um, and generally you just want to kind of cloak it in as as you know heavy a metaphor as you can um you know so in this case it's like well you know soaring without wings seeing without eyes i'm describing the act of imagining a thing of Mm -hmm. imagining which is you know you can do anything go anywhere um you know see anything you want be anything you want to be but you don't have to go anywhere physically to do it so you know i find that good riddles also have um some contradictions within the within the text. Um, Again, not a requirement, but something you can think about if you're trying to characterize an answer. So um, one of the other riddles I wrote, um, it was, you know, when calm, I'm stubborn. When angered, I compromise. I sink to the bottom of the sea, yet I can be seen in every cloud. What am I? And the answer is silver, uh, in this case, or metal, I would have accepted. because you know, to me at least, I'm saying, okay, well, calm and angered, I can I can kind of draw comparison to being you know really hot or really cold, you know, and obviously when metal's hot it melts, and compromises to its shape, whereas when it's you know cold it is rigid and strong. Obviously, metal itself sinks, but silver lining is a is a turn of phrase that a lot of people have heard, and. You know, while it might not be something that the players are thinking about at the time, again, this is the context of being in a world where most creatures are made of metal in some way. So hopefully it's something that the players have a little bit more at the forefront. Again, mileage may vary depending on your campaign. Um, but if you're starting to try and think of a riddle, think of the purpose, think of the answer, and then kind of work backwards from there. That's what I did. It didn't seem to work okay.
1: This was also a dungeon where one of the main focuses was mirrors. And we were close to the end. Well, middle-ish, and um, we had seen enough mirrors here that
2: silver it was a motif.
1: <laughs> silver would have been relevant to it if we were paying attention.
2: Yeah, like it was definitely a, a purposeful motif mm-hmm. that was kind of throughout the dungeon. Like, I think if I throw this into a regular dungeon, I think there would be less expectation from me as a GM for you to get this right away. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the supporting context really matters. And I think that's really important when you're designing, like, um, puzzles as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, one of the issues I ran into when I was designing the the last major dungeon I did is I have all these traps, but I want players to have hints on how to handle them. How do I bake that into the story, right? Like, I can't just have characters provide tips in most cases. So how can I do that? And... I mean, in, in your experience, how do you generally provide tips to the players?
1: Um, so a lot of my tips for everything are things that I didn't know were gonna be tips. Um, <laughs> okay. Explain. I take I take good notes, like really good notes. When I'm a DM, mm-hmm. uh, I write down a lot of things.
2: Sick flex. And
1: a lot of things that. Seem irrelevant, uh, I take note of, and my players kind of caught on that things that sound irrelevant generally end up being important if I make actual like mention of it. Um, mm.
0: like I'm trying to think of it
2: really in- pulling the trigger on Chekhov's gun pretty frequently, yeah, basically.
1: Um, it's not super frequent, but it happens often
0: enough that you, you catch on if you're, if you're playing in one of my games. And
1: those are the, the hints that I use when I'm making puzzles, traps, riddles, when I use them. Um, it's something that the players have already encountered is the hint. Mm-hmm. Something somebody has said, something
0: somebody has talked about, something on somebody. Um
1: I think. So it's not really a puzzle or anything, but one of the mysteries of the campaign is this magic fog that takes the players to seemingly random places and times. Um and I have included several hints to what this fog is and who's doing it. And I think they're starting to catch on, but they're not quite there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go into specifics because you know. They can find this later. Exactly. (laughs) But almost everything they need to solve that mystery has been given to them in some way or another. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I was giving them the answers until I figured out what the answer was. Because at first it was just, um, it was just a narrative device I was using to take them places that they didn't know they needed, and I didn't want to explain it to them.
2: So it was the TARDIS.
1: Yeah, basically.
2: <laughs> the TARDIS puts you where the doctor puts the doctor where the doctor needs to be in order to have the story happen. Yeah, basically. Um, um,
1: that's how it started off, and it became a different thing as I used it more, and now I use it very infrequently uh because now it has an answer to what it is so now it functions
2: in a more defined way, yeah, so that's more like logically consistent with what you've decided it to be, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that a hallmark of any good mystery is that the players have the tools to solve it. And, like, in a lot of ways, puzzles and traps are kind of, like, mysteries for the players, depending on the style of trap. Um, They're just
1: generally smaller scale.
2: Yeah, significantly, right? So, like, I I think the hallmark of any good puzzle or good trap is that your players have the tools in-universe to find the answer. Like, I think bad answers are are ones where, like, again, either the players need out-of-character knowledge to solve them, or the the solution is so obtuse that it's not something that the players could realistically come up with because mm-hmm. i think that obviously like for dms a lot of times you'll look back at your trap. it's like oh well, the solution was obvious or the riddle and it's like the solution was obvious why didn't you get it and it's like that's easy to say when you know what it's supposed to be you know yeah. if you're the person who made it because obviously your brain works the way it does in a lot of puzzles and riddles and traps even your players are kind of guessing how your brain works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, or rather, if you're not doing traps and puzzles and done, and stuff well, your players end up having to guess how you think in order to solve the problem rather than trying to come up with the answer on their own. Yeah. And that's less interesting to me.
1: Significantly less interesting. I don't think any good exercise in role-playing should require knowing how the d
2: yeah and i think it's it's worth as a dm kind of examining your your puzzles and traps and thinking to yourself okay like take me out of it and this is hard because not everybody has the the ability to do this you know first time whatever but like try your best to take yourself out of it Mm -hmm. and say if i'm a person walking into this blind without the answer can they get the answer and, like, for me, one of the things I did with, like, my riddle generation, for instance, is I ran it by people who were not in the campaign. Mm-hmm. I actually asked a couple of friends, like, hey, I'm going to give you a riddle. Let me know if you can figure out the answer. And two out of three of them, they figured out. So I'm like, hey, that means that, like, I'm doing the right thing at least for a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Some minor tweaks, and then I have something that's workable. But you gotta, you gotta kind of put the work in ahead of time.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And putting in the work is kind of the reason I don't use them a whole lot because I don't do a whole lot of planning.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean I will say that like I have attempted to to wing puzzle rooms and traps and stuff just to switch it up and almost universally it's always a disaster. Um that's... so <laughs> almost every single time. Um if you can like quickly fabricate some consistent rules for the players to work through, that's okay. Um, But one thing you should always try and avoid, and, like, this is the thing, right, is, like, if you don't provide hints for how puzzle rooms work, you know, let's say you walk into a room and there's three levers, and, like, depending on the sequence of levers, it does certain things. Mm -hmm. If you never provide your players an in-universe hint on how to tackle that problem, they're going to process of elimination that problem. And if your process of elimination punishes the players, like, if the players are punished for doing that, that is bad trap design. Um, Absolutely. You know, we ran into this in the the module that we reviewed, right? Mm-hmm. There's a room in, in that module where there are three levers in a room. As far as I could tell in the module, there's no hint as to what to do with these levers other than pull them at some point. But there's no hint anywhere that I could find in the text that tells you what is the correct lever to pull or, you know, hint or, or anything really. Mm-hmm. And one of the levers uh, spawns a chest. One of them, you know, opens a passageway. I think the chest is trapped, but like one of them spawns a trapped chest. The other one opens the passage way you need, and the other one spawns a monster that's stronger than the boss of the dungeon to fight. <laughs> and it's like this is bad design because as a player, like your players are going to just take a guess, and that's going to feel bad because they don't have anything to go on, and
0: they're um,
2: going to die to this. Hundred percent. We should probably change the uh, the episode title, by the way. Um, I thought there I you had- go. oops um so that's bad trap design now you could take that same basic concept and if you insert like some symbolism or or anything like that into the dungeon and make it consistent throughout well now you have a good trap so for Mm -hmm. instance if you're going through and the theme of your dungeon is you know that lions are bad right if you put a lever in a lion's mouth well then suddenly they know they probably shouldn't mess with the lever if it's been consistent throughout the dungeon. You can mm-hmm. kind of, you know, in, in the way that Pavlov trained his dog, you can train your players to have certain reactions to things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I, I think that conditioning is really helpful to kind of keep in mind when it comes to dungeons, because dungeons should be consistent kind of throughout. So, um, so if you are going to incorporate some some puzzles, even if you're finding these puzzles and traps from other sources, it may be worth to think about how you can reskin it so that they all are consistent throughout um, throughout that you know wider architecture of the story.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like there was something to that puzzle or to that module, and like
1: with just a little bit of tweaking, it would have been great.
2: Yeah. I definitely agree. I think with a little bit of a little bit more TLC as a DM. Like, it, it's not quite finished from where I would want it to be as a DM, but if I were to take that and seriously run it with our, in earnest, I mm-hmm. think you could easily tweak that into something that's really good. Um, Especially for, like, the Theros campaign, which I know we, we spoke about at the time, but, like, if you want to run a Theros campaign setting, this is a good place to start.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Like, really good place to start. Um, it gives you way more than a lot of other things will.
1: The second best um, place to start,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, and again some some more consistent like puzzle and trap design, I think would have gone a long way towards help making that whole thing feel a little bit more coherent
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, there are some traps that I do use without planning, though, and that's just basic traps, you know, deal damage, inconvenience characters, uh you know pressure plates, things like that. Um, I assume you work those into your rotation, right.
1: Uh, in other campaigns, generally yes. Um, not so much my current one, just because I literally just don't use traps. Mm-hmm.
2: Except is it like, because that, that your your party doesn't one. have a rogue?
1: Uh, no, they had a rogue for a long time. Um, the the quote unquote party face slash leader is a rogue, or was a rogue. Hmm. It was just because like.
0: They very rarely seemed interested in the conventional stuff.
2: So I just... (laughs) I mean, that's totally fair. I mean, like, rule one of DMing is do what your players like, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Um, Most of the time, combat would come and nobody wanted to participate in combat, really. So there's just not a whole lot of combat. Uh, um, a lot of
0: social interaction, a lot of it, and surprisingly, a lot of walking.
2: <laughs> just like lots of travel.
1: Yeah. Just a lot of it. And part of it was necessity to to move the plot forward. But I put things on the map the the map that I made for the world, they're like, I want to go see what that is.
2: Like, okay. It's a long journey, and they're like, that's fine, let's go. Got nothing better to do. Nothing's tying us down. Yeah. (laughs) So, um... So, yeah, I I think that, um... I think for, for the current campaign that I run, recently I've done a little bit more traditional stuff. But mm-hmm. like prior to that, it had been quite some time really since they had done any like true dungeon delving. I would say, mm-hmm. um, you just lots of like political stuff was going on. That was kind of the thing they were doing. But like even with that, I think that there were still like a fair. No- I can draw a distinction between at least a couple of different dungeons. In fact, actually, funnily enough, um, there's actually one dungeon that they had to go back to to finish clearing it out like much later on, which was quite interesting <laughs> to run, where um. The players basically had um, cleared out this illithid nest. Illithids being like the mind flayers. They they like you know eat people's brains and stuff. They they had cleared out a mind flayer nest underneath a large city mm-hmm. and killed the elder brain there. Um, turned it over to the guards and like kind of had other stuff going on. They they started a civil war by mistake, so like they were dealing with that stuff a little bit. Um, they eventually came back to town. And there were some other issues that were, like, illithid adjacent that were still happening. So they went to investigate it, found there was a secret door they missed. And there was a whole, like, you know, second and third story that they just had never investigated. Um, You know, and, like, they knew it was there because from the outside there is a second and third floor to the dungeon. But they only ever went to the first floor. So they could have checked it out the first time, but they didn't so they come back there's you know additional traps and stuff that are there um that they have yet to disarm so it was kind of interesting in that like you know obviously like it was a weird setup for the dungeon in that there was a large boss monster that on the first level and that all subsequent levels were really there just to like you know kind of like loot storage rooms in a way mm-hmm. with like a few a few traps here and there um but there's still some traps and still some like deadly stuff I, I the thing is i didn't i didn't plan as much of that part of the dungeon as I wanted to because Mm. I kind of expected the players to just get out of there once they were done. Um, (laughs) Truthfully speaking. And
1: that's what Um, happened.
2: I know, right? Uh, Okay, I was right. So when they went in there the second time, I wasn't planning on it that session, and it put Mm. us in a situation where I had to come up with puzzle rooms off the top of my head, and they got through it. Like, Of course they were going to, they're they're the PCs, but I could tell it was kind of just, like, boring. It wasn't good puzzles, because it was just, like, you know, oh, there's, like, you know, three levers, and they do things when you press them. It's like, all right, they're just going to, like, sit there and try to to logic out what the solution is. And it's like, this isn't really fun. Because, like, the players, the characters aren't really adding anything to that, Mm -hmm. um, to that interaction. I would say the, the most interesting thing that happened is that a fight broke out during one of the puzzles, and the puzzle in question actually would reorient the gravity in the room
0: excuse me
2: yeah yeah like there was a there was like a central command console and like depending on the button you pressed would reorient the gravity to one to one of the you know one of the walls within the room and it was a a cube room so like they flipped a switch and like the gravity reoriented and everybody fell 60 feet right (laughs) um so like okay they're doing that but there's also like a like a like a micro singularity or something that's like one of the like traps or whatever mm-hmm. so it's also trying to pull them in as well like but like that was basically it right like like they're just trying to figure out what sequence of levers i have to press in order to move the things in the room the way i need them to move mm-hmm. but it's also inconveniencing everybody else because they're falling you know every time this the lever flips
1: that sounds
2: fun ish if... but
1: if it had but when, been more planned, which, you know, not saying it's your fault because it was last second, but if it had if been more planned... If it's not my fault, then
2: whose is it, right? <laughs> if mean, it's not my fault, then whose fault would it be?
1: You can't plan for everything. It's nobody's fault.
2: I could have planned it. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I definitely could have. I didn't. I could have. You could have,
1: but you can't plan for everything. No. Tr- true
2: words,
0: right? And, like, if the players heard it the first time, no.
1: You can't just assume they're gonna go there every time you play.
2: Yeah, I mean, whenever granted, it comes to... Granted, you
0: can't
1: assume they're not going to go there, but, you know, they could go literally anywhere. What's to say they're going to go there? You can't just plan for everything, even if it's a place they've already been.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is true, of course. I mean, obviously, you can't make your players go anywhere, really, Um, not without some very strong incentives. But I I do think as a DM, it's still, we we have some ability to kind of, you know, provide the incentives, I guess. and one of the cool things too is like when you do design, like just kind of bring it back to the puzzles aspect of it, when you design good puzzles and good traps and stuff, you can reuse these things later on. Maybe not necessarily that campaign. But if your players come across a you know, come across a trap and you know, or they don't they don't come across a trap, let's say it's on a different section of the dungeon entirely, they just never get there,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you can just plop it into another dungeon because they still haven't seen it yet. Oh. Um or you know you could even make it like a mini quest right where it's like the players keep running into the same traps because there's some like well renowned trap maker and dungeoneer that like all the bad guys keep hiring kind <laughs> of like maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense right like uh-huh. you know the bad guys need someone to design these traps so like it would make sense if there was just like a really good one Maybe even like after so many times of doing it, like give the rogue advantage on disarming some of the simpler traps because they recognize the make and model of the of the mechanism.
1: Or maybe even make them not have to make a check.
2: <laughs> it's like you've actually seen this before a number of times. You've you know this, exactly who made this.
1: You've done this trap exactly five times. You don't have to. You don't have to roll. You're, you're good.
2: You <laughs> yeah. already know it. Honestly, that might even be a really fun side quest, right? Where like your players. <laughs> Like have to break into a dungeon, but now they have to go find the dungeoner who made it because they can't break the trap. So like they decide that it's better to to find whoever made it to to let them know what the bypass is.
1: Alternatively, the players get bored of seeing the same traps in every dungeon, and they have to find the guy to tell him to change up his methods. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs>
2: They literally go and find the guy, dig up his grave, and cast Speak with Dead so they can get the bypass. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is like, strangely enough, not the worst thing that I've heard of player characters doing. Um, <laughs> I, you know? Same. Gra- grave robbing is not that high on the list, as it turns out. Same. <laughs> it's always weird to me. It's like, the minute that you introduce a spell like Speak With Dead, suddenly you have characters who, like, otherwise would never do such a thing, suggest decapitating random enemies so that they can lug the head around in case they need to talk to them later. I hate Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> Why do we play this game? Um, <laughs> so, do you have any favorite traps that you've ever, like, come across as a player? Like, what's some of your favorite traps or puzzles that you've ever interacted with? And do you take those and, like, incorporate them into your own game?
1: Um, I
0: have to think about it and get back, I really can't.
2: Man. All right, well, um, I haven't come across too many puzzles as a player character. Um, I think the puzzles are just hard to run, you know, and likewise, traps are kind of difficult, not difficult to run, but good traps are hard to, like, elaborate traps, I guess, are hard to come up with, um, Mm -hmm. and hard to execute sometimes. Um... Because, like, with elaborate traps, you want them, like, you have to kind of decide on how deadly you want this trap. And, like, are you okay if the player characters die in the process? Um, So, I don't think they're appropriate at every level of play. Like, I think newer players, maybe like, save or die traps are not that great of a choice. Um, (laughs) You know, or like, really elaborate traps that could easily lead to death. Um, Not to say that traps shouldn't be deadly, they should.
1: but insta-death, maybe save those for the higher level.
2: Yeah, like if your characters are like you know, stepping down the hallway, right? Like it's a new hallway. And like usually when I run dungeons um, I have the characters go kind of a few squares at a time in mm-hmm. roughly, you know, initiative order. I don't literally roll initiative, but like I try to have characters not move very far at a time. And I'll stop them periodically in order to let them know if they trigger like a pressure plate or something. Mm-hmm. So like I can't envision a scenario where like a wizard gets a little bit too excited and they, they step down a hallway and suddenly the the floor isn't what they thought it was and they fall through.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um actually I take it back. I can't remember some a specific trap that like it just rustled by Jimmy's. Um so okay. Tracy actually was running this um it was a, a module dungeon or whatever, but like there's a whole like false tunnel oh. that was just lined with traps. Like, I want to say this tunnel was, like, 200 feet or something that, like, wrapped around. There was, like, a false door, like, five pitfalls. And the very end of the tunnel, there's a r- there's a door with, like, you know, a pitfall in front of it. So you get across mm-hmm. the pitfall, you open the door, and it causes a cannon to fire. <laughs> and behind the door is just a room with a cannon in it that's pointed at the door. And nothing else. And nothing else. I was like, this is the biggest troll done. What the heck is this? So it's like, a, I'd never really... It's a 200-foot-long hallway that's only traps.
1: No reward at the end, just trap.
2: Yeah, this is like... This is like the equivalent of getting a hamburger with no meat on it. Like, I don't understand why you would do this. That sounds like the worst experience. Or like, purposefully eating at Subway. Um...
1: What did I yeah. tell you
2: about free advertisement? This isn't advertisement. This is warning people to not go. And that's going to make them
1: go, well, why don't they want us to go to Subway? We should go find out why they don't want us to go to Subway. We're going to Subway. I'll tell you,
2: I'll tell you why not to go, because it's not good. That's it. That, 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 it's, not any, it's not any more interesting than that, sadly. Um, well, what's so just... not good about it? I have to know inquiring minds need to know you don't, you really don't need to know in fact, there's a lot of google reviews that'll tell you exactly why not to go (laughs) Jared's not good about it facts, facts Um, you know what, I'm going to Subway right after this you better not (laughs) I will cancel the show on the spot (laughs) too late, I've already cancelled it damn (laughs) what if I get us cancelled will that work?
1: Look what you did. Now now Sonny is going to see for himself why Subway is so bad. Look what you did.
2: I'm not responsible for the for the trauma. I'm you can't put that on me. You are responsible for the free advertising. I, I'm I refuse to accept responsibility for anything. Well, you know what? Thanks to ignorance, I'm immortal. <laughs> awesome. Awesome quote. Um <laughs> So um so about that hallway, 200 feet of absolutely nothing just to get blasted in the face with a cannon where the barbarian nearly died in one hit from it, because it was a literal cannon. It wasn't like, you know, oh, you take 46. No, you took like 60-10. He nearly died from it. That's true. <laughs> Especially after a bunch of hallway that that, uh, that softened him up first. Um, so... Yeah, we're going to so stop made...
1: mentioning it now, too.
2: Yeah. Um... <laughs> So that made me more comfortable, I would say, with like, just designing things that are purposefully difficult for the players, not for any real benefit at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that experience really helped me out with like when I went to to go create the, um, the lich dungeon that I recently ran. Um, because I had like a false treasure room in there and a lot of other stuff that was just kind of mean-spirited mm-hmm. with No real reward. And, like, there was story justification for some of this stuff to be there, right? Like, the witch is trying to keep people out and, like, purposefully likes kind of messing with people. Um, But, like, it made me more, like, happier to do that kind of thing. Like, there was Mm -hmm. a whole... There there was the false treasure room, right? And, like, it was three trapped treasure chests and, like, other, like, trapped items in the room. And there was no gold to be found. Like, if you opened up the treasure chest... And failed the like very difficult like lock picking checks, which it was like three of them for each chest. Mm. And if you failed any one of them, it triggered the trap. They were very deadly traps. One of them I think made the whole like the entire chest explode, just straight up the whole thing exploded <laughs> to like eighty-eight damage or something, on a failed save. Um, another one of them teleported you to the front of the dungeon.
1: That's frustrating. Like,
2: it well, it teleported you to the front of the dungeon, and it added one of your random items in your inventory to the horde, to the to the lich's horde at the end.
1: Oh yeah, there were a couple of those teleports.
2: <laughs> yeah, those were kind of mean spirited.
0: Um, I mean, and-
1: the thing is, all of the other ones were in places that were relevant to progressing through the dungeon. So mean spirited or not, they served a purpose to us at the moment. Like, okay, well, that one's booby trapped, let's try this other one. Yeah.
2: Um it was just that room. That room was awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the best part is that even if you get past all the locks and you find a bunch of, you know, gold in the chest, it's all illusion gold. So, like, if you take the gold and put it in your bag, once it gets more than 100 miles away from the tomb, it reverts into, like, wood chips.
0: I'm so glad you didn't go back for
1: those treasures.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think you guys did, technically, and then found out after the fact. But you guys actually considered just leaving with that loot, just calling it, like, calling it a day. And I was really hoping you did, because, boy, you would not have been happy about it.
1: No. Well, I would have been fine with it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's like you know managed not to die to the lich and like you know what we didn't get paid but we made it out with our lives and we never have to go back in
1: character didn't expect to get paid at all i was like i'm just doing this because you people need my help it's really altruistic
0: and somewhat out of character
1: Briss is a really nice guy
0: Oh, I, I get it. It's just the player characters that bring the worst out of him. Yes, they're awful. I bet. <laughs> Not all of them, just most on most days. Um, Ollie's okay sometimes. That's it. All right. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> um. So resources. Um, if you are interested in running a trap, um other people have made traps for you. Obviously the DMG has some basic traps in there. They can serve as good inspiration as can really any module that runs a dungeon. Cause most modules in D and D have traps in them somewhere or puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a YouTube channel that I used. Um, Wally DM has uh, a good channel on YouTube that, uh, has a variety of different traps that he demos out for people. Mm-hmm. So you get a, a visual representation, how to run the, uh, how to run the puzzle. Um, And, you know, some of them are good, some of them not so much. Uh, And then other than that, um, again, just look for, like, pre-existing modules. Like, the Lich's Tomb that I ran was based largely on the Tomb of Annihilation, only toned down and kind of reskinned to something that was more appropriate. Mm -hmm. Uh, The layout was largely my own, but a lot of the, some of the core mechanics within, or some of the, the core layout structure was borrowed from there. The idea of having a initial portal that could, You know, send you to different sections of the dungeon, um, followed by some, you know, very dangerous traps kind of throughout, um, some of which are very mean spirited. Um, You know, I took out some of the more frustrating ones that kind of take away player agency or just weren't very well implemented. But otherwise, um, that's where a lot of that inspiration came from.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, that seems good. Also, Reddit. There's a whole yeah. lot of
1: DMs on Reddit, Twitter.
2: Yeah, heck, you can tweet at us if you have a, if you have a puzzle idea that you want to run by somebody who's not in your in your party. Like you can tweet it at us, and if you your players aren't on Twitter, you know, that's a thing. You can um, DM us on Twitter. Yeah, DMs are open. Um, and obviously Discord too. You know, we're in there.
1: Oh yeah, we're very responsive on Discord. Not so much on Twitter.
2: Yeah, well, I'm actually on Twitter fairly fairly frequently. I'd I'm, say daily, actually. I'm generally on Yeah, well, if you don't tweet the show, you can tweet at either of us, and we'll probably respond. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's and, that. And
1: Discord. Exclamation mark Discord if you're in our Twitch chat.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I know this is kind of a uh, short and sweet episode, but I think that, that that's a show, right?
1: Uh yeah I don't have too much else going into this.
2: yeah, I'll... I mean, we'll probably come back to this topic at some point. you know, um maybe next time we uh, we do this topic, we'll design a puzzle or, or a trap or a riddle or something on on the show just to kind of show you the process. But this is kind of the the broad outlines that we can use to you know springboard into a later discussion, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. maybe we'll even do all three in the same episode.
2: Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, again, thank you everybody for coming out to uh, to give us a listen, of course. Uh, if you are on Twitch right now watching this, um, be sure to check out our socials. You can use the, the exclamation mark links to find those. Um, we are in the process of uploading the backlog to Spotify for podcast form, so... Um, only two episodes are on there right now but I'm working on getting the rest of them up there and of course if you're listening to this on Spotify you can check out the live shows on Twitch uh, every Thursday
1: also YouTube has significantly more of our episodes right now Um, I don't know how many we're gonna get uploaded to you we're trying to focus more on Spotify but catch a lot of our backlog on YouTube
2: yeah for sure and again I'm working on getting it up there uh, unfortunately the last couple of weeks have been a bit um, uh, chaotic yeah yeah. <laughs> alright everyone well uh, again thank you so much um, I hope you have a great evening and uh, we'll catch you next time and I don't know if we have anyone that we want to that we can raid uh, um, at the moment Kid
1: Machinet is in Final Fantasy 7 Remake
2: ooh that's a good game and that's a good person
1: yeah uh, so we're gonna raid our good friend and uh, you guys, tell him we sent you, even though he'll probably
0: know. I would hope. In a couple seconds, hope you guys had a good time. uh Have a good night. Peace.